Welcome to the Work Life Coach Podcast. I'm Leah May, corporate HR exec turned leadership and life coach. It's time to step away from the Sunday scaries, imposter syndrome, and burnout into self-leadership, emotional intelligence, and intentionality so you can build a fulfilling and authentic work life. Let's go. Hello, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. As of today, when this episode airs, there are only going to be 56 days left in the year. How are you feeling about that? Did you even know? Now, I'm seeing a lot of my entrepreneur clients and colleagues diving in and using this final countdown to the new year as a motivation to knock out projects and goals that they don't want to take into 2024. I kind of love a good deadline myself, even if it's totally arbitrary. Now, obviously, nothing truly changes on January 1st. It's a mindset, right? But so many of our minds love to use these clean slates to use that for motivation. I put myself in this category. So for me, I am working on a really incredible new offer, and it's going to be launching in the new year. So I'm using this remainder to get that ready and set for you. It's a brand new way of working with me that I've never offered before. And I'm really excited to give you something to kick off that next level of growth. So stay tuned for that. And if you're not already on my email list, then jump on that, grab the link in the show notes, and you will be the first to know when this new offer arrives. Now, back to those remaining 56 days. Some of us are using this as a deadline. Other folks are beginning to lean into this kind of wrapping up period right before the holidays. I see folks already starting to wind down. They're making their travel plans, using up all that PTO and using, you know, what is often a slower period in many different industries at work as a bit of a reset. Now, regardless of where you find yourself, this is an invitation to make that an intentional choice. So if you haven't thought about how much time is left, no big deal. You don't need to put yourself on a deadline. But I'm encouraging you to check in this morning, check in this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, and see what are you craving this season? Perhaps it's a bit of a push, a creative expression with your energy, or maybe you're tapping into slowness, relishing the shifts in the season. We are not meant to be on 24-7 hustling. Our bodies, just like the natural world, thrive in seasons. So choose wisely stay intentional, and wrap up these last couple of months in the way that serves you best. All right, so that's my little pep talk this morning. Now, before we dive into today's letter, I'm going to offer you my friendly reminder to be intentional in all that you do, including in how you ingest this podcast episode. If you haven't listened before, coaching is nuanced. The folks writing in are unique people with unique circumstances, and there's no one-size-fits-all approach. This conversation is meant to be a starting point for your own exploration and your own curiosity. Coaching is never about giving you all the answers, but it's simply about guiding you back to your own inner wisdom. You hear? All right, let's dive in. Hi, Leah. I'm loving the new podcast and I'm learning a lot of new tools and strategies. Truly, I have so much gratitude for what you've created. Thank you. And now... I hope you will consider sharing my letter and helping me with this persistent nagging feeling that I have. By way of introduction, my name is Sarah, she, her, and I'm a 52-year-old senior director in the fintech space. Here's the thing. I'm good at what I do. I'm passionate about my career and have always been dedicated to going the extra mile to achieve success. 
and it's worked. I'm well-paid and successful, and I've achieved many goals and milestones in my career. On the other side of this coin, however, this dedication has more often than not translated into long hours, always saying yes to taking on additional projects, and constantly striving to exceed my targets. I've always believed that being busy is synonymous with being good at work, and I've taken pride in it. More importantly, I've been rewarded for it. Promotions, stock, bigger teams, a comfortable lifestyle, busy seems to win the day. However, recently I've started to realize that my obsession with busyness is taking a toll on my overall well-being. The nonstop pace, the constant deadlines, and the pressure to outperform have left me feeling drained and overwhelmed. When I was younger, it wasn't a problem, but now I'm sitting here wondering if this is just how the remainder of my working life looks. When I see career-related articles and books, it seems there's a new shift towards resting and everyone is buzzing about burnout. When I read these, I immediately make judgments that this is for the weak, people who are not cut out to be at the top. Yikes, I know how horrible that sounds, but it really is what I believe. I want to stay work-centered and focused, but I can't argue with the reality that some days I'm just tired. And not just physically tired, but that soul-tired kind of feeling. Have you ever been there? I'm old enough to know that this hamster wheel won't stop on its own, but I struggle to find enough motivation to do something differently. And do I even want to do it differently? I'm too passionate to kick back and relax, but continuing on this path feels like I might be missing out on an opportunity for personal growth and overall a more well-rounded personal life. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? But also, if productivity and busyness is rewarded, why should I stop? What am I missing here? Can you help? With gratitude, Sarah, who signed Busy in Boston. All right, Sarah, 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 Sarah. (laughs) Thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for your vulnerability, your openness to share your internal struggle. And first of all, kudos to you for being set in a successful career, which you built, by the way. Not only for that, but also for still having curiosity and self-awareness to even begin asking yourself these questions. So for your continued growth, I am so honored that you reached out and I'm very happy to help you unpack this. And when I read this letter, I knew I had to share it because it so beautifully depicts this inner struggle that many of us have. There are many layers here and you can hear the divide and confusion in her words and thoughts. Sarah didn't just say, hey, I'm busy and too busy and I need to stop. But she's actually sharing this internal conflict of busy. I'm busy and part of me doesn't like that anymore because I'm so tired. But also, I kind of love it too. It's been rewarded. It's the path that my success has been built on. Do I want to change? Right? So she's not just coming with one question, but several. And this is so often why we struggle with change because part of us deeply desires it, and yet another part of us isn't quite sure. This holds us back from being able to make a shift. We're not sold. And as long as there's an internal struggle of what we really want, that forward progression is going to be an uphill battle. Now, there's a lot to address in this letter, and I will do my best to break this down so we can look at it from all the different angles. First up, I want to acknowledge the struggle of 
do I even want to change? Clearly, part of Sarah is saying, yes, I'm 52, I'm tired, is there another option? And yet, her mind has all this evidence that it's collected over the years of her career to say, but this works, this path is successful. And our minds are always collecting evidence to support what we already believe. So if Sarah is holding the thought, but this works, this busyness, her mind is going to support that belief with evidence. Of course it works. Look at all these promotions you've earned. Of course this works. Look at the comfortable lifestyle you have. Of course this works. Look at all that external validation and praise that you've earned. This is why it's often so difficult to change our minds or to change our habits. Over the years, our brains build beliefs and collect evidence to back it up. So to intentionally think differently and to create change, you have to really start to challenge a lot of historical data. So to loosen up this belief that busyness really is the reason for success, I want to offer a couple of alternative ways to think about it. First, the truth is we have no actual evidence that her busyness is what was rewarded. So I'm reading this letter and I'm wondering, was it busyness that created her success? Or did she achieve success while she also happened to be busy? Perhaps Sarah has just been incredibly talented, a dynamic leader or a technical expert, and her success was rewarded. Yes, she also happened to be busy at the time, but the success is not necessarily directly tied to the busyness. It just happened to be going on at the same time. Perhaps she was successful in spite of her busyness. Perhaps the late nights, you know, would have made it even harder to focus at work or doing all the things curbed her ability to truly double down and narrow in on particular projects. But yet, she was still able to find success. All we truly know, and all Sarah can truly know, is that she was busy simultaneously while she was doing good work. Now, I'm not saying she's incorrect in her belief that busyness contributed, but I'm just pointing out we don't actually know this for a fact, and we can't know this for a fact. So should Sarah create a path forward for the remainder of her working life based on this hypothesis? I'm personally going to say no. Now, I know there's skeptics out there. So let's say this first alternative that I just recommended, it feels like too much of a stretch. And I know there are other busy folks out there that also believe that busyness is what is contributing to their success. So Another way that we can reframe this, another alternative that I want to offer is let's just assume that you, skeptical listener, and Sarah are both correct. Let's just say for the sake of argument that busyness is what created her success. Even if that is the case, I want to offer that busyness is just one path. Think about it. Anytime you choose a destination, your GPS is going to offer various routes. Are you walking? Are you taking a ride share? Are you going to bicycle? Are you driving? Perhaps you're flying or taking a train or a bus. Or do you want to go the scenic route or do you want to get on the fast lane? Do you want to skip the highway or do you want to drive through the country? There are so many different ways to get to any particular destination or to meet any particular goal. Perhaps busyness is truly one route to success. 
Does it work? Sure. For some folks, I'm absolutely sure that it does. And this route is no longer truly serving Sarah. She's tired. She wants a more well-rounded personal life. So is there another way for her to remain successful while also ditching this path, this badge of busyness? What other routes are available? See, just by asking this question, we're creating space for exploration. We're creating space for curiosity. So here, I've laid out two different reframes in how to think about the situation. And the goal here is we want to pull our minds out of this binary thinking. The thinking that says it has to be this or that. Yes or no. Black or white. Busy or relaxed. Because we cannot challenge ourselves to stretch and to grow when we're stuck in this fixed mindset. So offering a reframe that maybe she was successful despite her busyness, or perhaps busyness is just one route to success, it allows us wiggle room and curiosity for how else we might proceed forward and still be successful. Now, when my clients first come to me, a lot of them are afraid to make changes in their work because they think that it means they're going to give up success. They're going to give up their edge. They're going to give up the thing that makes them feel so accomplished in the world. A lot of them think it's either rest or it's success. It's achievement or you're falling behind. But what if there's room for success while curating your work and personal patterns in a way that really truly supports your whole self? So first, we're challenging this core belief that is tying Sarah's success to her busyness. And now that we have a couple of reframes, a couple of different ways to think about it, we've got some wiggle room, let's dive more into other pieces of her letter. Now, if Sarah were to drop the badge of busy, I'm curious what that would look like because she actually loves her work. She's not describing it as um, she's so burnt out or she's in a toxic environment. She's just saying she's tired, but she also seems really engaged and interested. She's just ready to slow down. So what would pulling back on the busyness look like? I'm going to suggest that we start with some boundaries. Now, the topic of boundaries needs a whole other episode, maybe even a series of episodes. So For now, I'm just going to point you to a free resource. It's called the Better Boundaries Workbook, and I'll link it in the show notes. It's a free step-by-step guide that I've created for some of my clients in the past. And if you need help in learning how to create boundaries, this is an awesome workbook. You can customize it for your path. So this is what I would suggest for Sarah is like, let's look at how do you keep the work that you love and just start pulling back to create personal time. So that's why we're talking boundaries. And I'm not saying that Sarah necessarily needs a total overhaul, because again, it seems like she really does love her work. I'm just curious where she can start to carve out space to engage. Maybe it's with new hobbies or to reconnect in her relationships, or perhaps just lean into a bit of slowness, a bit of rest. And this is why I think that Sarah may be so nervous about making the change. You can tell she's really kind of on the fence in her letter. She might be thinking that it has to be a total 180 and she has to give up her drive for work. You know, that binary thinking again. But it's not that at all. How can she stay engaged at work and create boundaries? You know, perhaps it's to not work past 5 p.m. 
or not check email over the weekend so that she can carve out this space to have a more well-rounded personal life. She can start small, one action at a time, and ease into this transition. And sometimes when we make a huge shift overnight, our nervous systems can freak out a bit. So a slow transition, like I'm suggesting for her, will really help Sarah stay grounded and see that there's really nothing to be afraid of here. It'll take a bit of an adjustment, but it's also going to feel really amazing when she begins to take back her time bit by bit and be able to reallocate that to other components of her life. Sometimes we are afraid to stop a particular way of doing something or a particular way of being because we worry if it's not this, then what else will we do? Busyness in Sarah's case, you know, she's good at it. She gets validation for it. And it can feel really scary to leave that behind. We don't often vocalize this fear, but it is the thing that keeps us repeating patterns, even if we don't really love those patterns. They're known. They feel safe. And this is why I'm talking about the nervous system on a career podcast, because our whole bodies go with us everywhere that we go. So this is not just an exercise of strategy or logic, but it's really asking, how will my body and how will my internal systems be impacted when I shift a pattern? If I'm no longer hustling 24-7 or getting tons of validation for working around the clock, how might that impact me? And this is why I'm suggesting a slower take back of her time through boundaries, whether it's one evening or one weekend at a time. Now, let's jump into another part of Sarah's letter. This might have been my favorite part. (laughs) I appreciate the the candor and the honesty here. Sarah says, when I see career-related articles and books, it seems there's a shift towards resting and everyone's buzzing about burnout. But when I read these, I immediately make judgments that this is for the weak who are not cut out to be at the top. I love this. So Sarah, thank you for your honesty again. And just notice the judgment here. Now, there's no shame. We are all passing judgments every single day. But this particular judgment, it's reinforcing her original belief that busyness is the reason for her success. And if that's true, then of course, in her mind, anyone talking about rest or recovering from burnout is clearly just not meant to be at the top with her. See how her brain is protecting and reinforcing her badge of busyness? It's othering people who are not the same. They're different from me. I'm different from them. And on some level, I'm better than them. There's high achievers, and then there's the ones talking about rest or balance. We're not the same. Do you see that judgment? Do you see that pattern? So even though part of Sarah is tired and she really wants to slow things down, she's battling with this whole other voice who would shame her and who shames others for taking a different path. Oftentimes when we pass judgment, it's because there's a twinge of jealousy or a belief that we can't have that, that thing that we're judging. What if Sarah is making this judgment because she wishes she could rest more, but her mind's telling her if the busyness is what created success, then you can't be successful and rest at the same time. So we put people who have this philosophy in a category other than us, right? The people talking about burnout, the people talking about rest must be nice. We're not cut from the same cloth. We're not the same type of people. So here I want to pause and I want to offer you an exercise. I want you to just notice your judgments of others. This won't take long, 
think about your colleagues. Think about the people uh, when you get an email from them or a Slack ping, they're just like, oh, here we go again, right? So look for your judgments. It usually follows a moment of frustration. And I want you to just write down a list of judgments about the people who have different working patterns than you. Notice when you want to talk smack about a certain type of person or a certain group. Now reflect. What is it that they have that you don't? What tiny part of you is craving a piece of their work style, a piece of what their lifestyle offers? I'm going to give you a non-work example to make this a little more tangible. I was raised to look at other women, especially women who had opinions or who spoke up in rooms or wore, you know, really vibrant fashion as too much. Look at them, drawing attention to themselves. Look at them, always with the opinion. This person always has something to say. I was taught to label these women as being wrong in the world. But when I started to look at the belief systems that told me that, they were also the belief systems that taught me that women were meant to be quiet, kind, helpers, not ruffling feathers, in the background. So any woman that lived outside of that box was just wrong. But really, the elders in my life at the time, they were never actually allowed or encouraged to use their voice in that way. So of course, they felt judgment of the women who did. On some level, conscious or subconscious, they craved that freedom of expression. But all you would ever hear on the outside was their judgment of it. So I want you to take a moment to really question your judgments. And this is deep work. This is not necessarily going to flow out of you. It's going to take some digging. But what are your judgments trying to tell you? What small part of you craves something that you're condemning in others? All right. Finally, my friends, let's get to the last part of this letter. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? Emphatically, yes. If the person in question really wants to create change, it is as simple as making a decision. Now, notice I said simple, not easy. As we've uncovered today, you must be willing to question your old thoughts, challenge your judgments, get really curious, and create that wiggle room in your beliefs to try something new. But if you're willing to do the work, then you absolutely can create these shifts. Because we have covered so much ground today, I want to just give a quick action-oriented recap for Sarah and for those of you who relate with her struggle. So let's break this down in four steps. First, I want you to question your belief. So for Sarah, the cause of her success. Can she prove that busyness wins the day? Or is it just one strategy? And would she be willing to experiment with a different path? So one, question your belief. Two, experiment. Start small. Be kind to your nervous system. Um, So again, for Sarah, we're talking about experimentation with boundaries. If she wants to break up with busy, she needs to start small. Maybe it's reclaiming the evenings or the weekends, turning off notifications on your phone, only checking it during work hours, carving out those pieces of overworking and then rededicating them to a new hobby, a weekly dinner, friends, treating yourself to some evening unwind time. Step three, challenge your judgments. 
when you see someone working or living in a wildly different way than you, get curious about what part of their experience you might want to try on for yourself. Four, commit to the change. You can shift any habit at any age if you are willing to sit with these steps. That's challenge your beliefs, experiment with different paths, look at your judgments, and commit. Phew, y'all, we did some work today. And I hope that you found some nuggets of wisdom that you can take into your own practice, apply with curiosity so you can improve your own work life. All right, friends, I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for being here, for tuning in, for leaving a review, for subscribing to the show. All of these actions help get the word out so more and more people can lead intentional and meaningful work lives. As a token of appreciation, I have a special gift for you. Head on over to theworklifecoachpodcast.com slash thank you, or simply click the link in the show notes for my library of free resources, worksheets, and exclusive content to help support you on your journey. Thank you for being a part of our community and I'll see you next time.